When you're so obsessed with winning that you name your daughter Vittoria, which is the Italian word for victory, you'd better have the coaching quality to match that ambition. To be fair to new Tottenham boss Antonio Conte, he has exactly that. Is this the start of an exciting era in North London or is it another false dawn? I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. did not name his new daughter Vittoria, but that doesn't mean he's not relentless in his pursuit of winners. Mark, Spurs have landed on their feet here, haven't they? Yeah, they really have. Um, it's hard not to be anything but positive about the appointment. Um, I don't want to offend our producer, Dan, who's a big Spurs fan, but it almost feels Conte stepped down a level to, to go to Spurs, considering the, the position they're in right now, because they are an absolute mess. Uh, the performance against Manchester United was an embarrassment. Um, I felt sorry for Nuno. I think he was the wrong guy at the wrong time. But uh, the the search for a managerial appointment last summer was a, was atrocious, really. And Daniel Levy's got a lot of sort of uh, answering to do for that. But he's pulled one out of the bag here with with Conte. The the issue is what you're going to get from Spurs. He's got basically two years to to engineer something special. And I, I don't I don't believe it. He won't. Uh, I do believe Spurs will be challenging for the top four at the very least once he gets a handle on this team. But this is the first time he's come into a role mid-season since I think 2007 when he went to Bari. He did whip them into shape and then got a great tune out of them back in the day. He also going into Italy before the Euros with not a huge amount of time and, and transformed them. But that was, you know, with a, a decent sort of 20 day spell on the training paddocks. Whereas this time around, he's, you know, straight into the action, a uh, conference league game against Vitesse and then the weekend match at Everton too. But, uh, yeah, I'm expecting them to to be a, well, basically a sea change in approach. Really, I expect them to to press Hassel and Harry from the front. I expect him to engineer the best possible system to get Son and Kane firing again, and I expect a bit more structure and organisation around a defence where there is individual quality, but sometimes it's not being sort of stitched together too well. Uh, now, this isn't the Spurs side that sort of excelled under Pochettino. There is, you know, there has to be a bit of wriggle room there to. to probably a bit of time really to, to get the best out of these players but uh, I do believe they've probably got the, the best possible man on the market to, to engineer that success so yeah I think there's a, a reason to be very very happy for Tottenham fans right now Now you mentioned that battling for the top four Spurs 7.2 for a top four finish going into this weekend obviously at time of recording we don't know how that game against Vitesse went in the Conference League First question, Mark, is 7.2 a good price? Is it an attractive price? Second question, how do you think they're going to do at Everton on Sunday? Um, 7.2 um, is probably probably just on the value side. Um, I don't think it should be hugely shorter. Um, I have not got the league table in, in, to hand, but Man United are the obvious candidates. I mean, you're, you're only playing for one place there, in my opinion. City, Liverpool and Chelsea will stitch up the top three. Uh, I think that's pretty pretty much done and dusted already. Uh, United are probably the, the chief candidates to, to try and take fourth. So um, I think it's possible, um, but I think there's a lot of work to be done. I think with United, you've still got the individual quality to sort of grind out results when necessary. Spurs are very, very reliant on that front too and that will be very reliant on Conte to, to show his class but uh, I personally wouldn't be backing it right now to be honest um, I think there's probably better longer term best to be had um, Spurs um, yeah I think 
Going into this weekend, that was the second question, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I really like Spurs this weekend, actually. The market's already started to move towards them as well. Uh, their price is contracted, um, partly down to, obviously, the Conte appointments, the, the feel-good factor, the new manager bounce, as some people like to put it down to. Um, it's a bit of a theory. It's not something I subscribe to completely, but I do look to where they were last week and, and imagine they should be a whole lot better this time around. We saw how quickly uh, Chelsea adapted to Thomas Tuchel's ways almost overnight. Uh, Wolves game, which was nil-nil, but they, they showed glimpses of what they're capable of and, and thereafter they were just a well-oiled machine. So um, it is possible, but I think most of my sort of pro spur stance coming into Sunday is probably a more a negative towards Everton, really, who their season has started to unravel. Uh, one win from six, and that was against Norwich. Uh, embarrassed at home by Watford, but more importantly, I think just missing key cogs, uh, just the spine of the side. No Decore, no Calvert-Lewin, no Mina, uh, and no Luca Dean either. So that's a real worry. Um, and I think uh, they can be opposed this weekend for sure. I think if you look at the, the six most influential players in the Everton squad going back to the beginning of last season in terms of points per game with and without, uh, those Takoro, Calvert-Lewin, Dina and Mean, Mina uh, take up four of those six slots, uh, particularly Takoro and Calvert-Lewin. Absolutely like, inspirational, those two players, particularly Takoro this season rampaging from midfield. But uh, And then you look at Spurs as well. You know, Five of their six Premier League defeats this season have come against the top six, the current top six. Uh, Everton's wins this season have come against Norwich, Burnley, Saints and Brighton. So I just think looking at that, just looking at raw results and believing that Spurs are a better suit now uh, with Conte in charge, just getting that sort of boost coming into the weekend. I think you can get Tottenham plus zero on the Asian handicap around 1.8. Uh, that is contracting. Um, that's obviously draw no bet on Spurs. That does really appeal. Uh, if the price does go, just back Spurs minus a quarter on the Asian handicap. Uh, where half your stake is going on draw no bet and half your stake is going on the away win. So if the game ends all square, you only lose half of your money. Um, I think both really appeal. Uh, I worry about Everton right now. Um, it feels like it's unravelling. Another serial winner joins us once again. It's odds compiler and betting guru Mark Stinchcomb. Stinch, what do you make of Conte's appointment? I think it's almost as if Spurs' season will change overnight, in my opinion. I'm expecting uh, an immediate response, I think. He's got the tools there that can make Spurs back into a top four team very easily. I mean, most of the players are still there that made it to the Champions League final just two years ago. And it's just the fact they've had, I'd say, pragmatic coaches in charge since, since Pochettino, Mourinho and Nuno. There's just meant that they haven't played the progressive football that leans itself to long-term success basically so I think honestly looking at the the league table so Spurs are five points off fourth you can get seven to one on the sports book for them to finish in the top four would you rather be on Spurs at seven to one or Man United 17 points three points off fourth at four to nine I think it's an absolute no-brainer. Yeah, I think West Ham are interesting as well at seven to one, but I do worry about Antonio's injury record, and they don't have a, a natural replacement really for him. And it looks as though they're going to give the Europa League a real go this season. So I think eventually the they'll get a bit of congestion, whereas Spurs don't seem interested at all in the Conference League. Arsenal are third faves at 16 to five. Might be an interesting price if you believe that what Arteta is doing long term is going to breed success but you know that's nearly half the price of Spurs so I think Spurs look at really decent bet at 7-1 everywhere Conte's gone he's had success 
you know. And and it starts quickly, doesn't it? I take Mark's point completely about the fact that he wants a pre-season usually. He wants a transfer window to shape stuff and then things get moving. But this is a guy that can get players fitter. This is a guy that can have an impact straight away. Yeah, and Spurs, are, I firmly believe Spurs have got a fantastic 11. I think arguably a more a team that's... Um, more more fluid than Man United and I think that's basically who we're trying to sort of who they're comparing themselves with this season in terms of where where they're going to finish in the league I think Mark's absolutely right top three is Man City Chelsea and Liverpool basically and then everyone else is fighting it out I think you can just look at the odds this weekend to give you uh, an idea of how well, how the market rates the the managerial appointments. So before it, Conte was appointed Spurs were nine nine to five or around about two point nine they're now 13 to 10 favourites and all that's happened is Conte's been appointed. You know, that's a massive, massive shift. So I think the market's confident in Conte. I'm confident in Conte. And, you know, he's, as I say, Harry Kane, Son, Undombele, they've not become bad players overnight. I think they just need to be allowed to express themselves a little bit more and be a bit more uh, attacking. So, yeah, I fully agree with Mark. I definitely think uh, Tottenham minus a quarter is, is the way to go this weekend. Calvert-Lewin and Decore in terms of Everton's offensive process uh, a big, big parts. I think we we touched on this on the, the Saturday podcast in terms of where can you find value now? XG kind of drives prices. Well, I think injuries is is a is a huge is a huge one because a lot of a lot of the odds nowadays go off a team's process rather than personnel. We see Leeds favourites home to Wolves without Patrick Bamford. Well, who's going to score the goals on a reliable basis if Bamford's not there? We saw Everton 8-13 to at home to Watford without um, Calvert-Lewin and Decore. So again, you know, who's back in Everton at those prices? So other than like real major players like Zahar at Palace and Salah at Liverpool... There's if you can dig a little bit deeper into 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 players and have a look at the odds that they go off at when those players aren't available, I think you can find some value there because I don't think the market gives enough weight to these to these absentees. So yep, Spurs minus a quarter, you're getting half your money back at finishes in a draw. I think it's it's clearly the way to go. I think we should definitely lock in that Spurs bet. I wasn't aware of the league table. I had, for some reason, had United being about four or five points ahead of Spurs. The fact that they're only two points ahead of them. Uh, you look at those prices and Stinch named out the, the, the other teams there. I think it's, it's no contest, actually. Spurs at that price is, is a fantastic bet, for sure. Almost no contest, you could say, <laughs> maybe. Uh, Liverpool and West Ham. I'm so, so sorry. Liverpool and West Ham both flying in Europe. They meet in East London on Sunday. Liverpool, the 1.76 favourites here. But Mark, as we've said all the way through this season, West Ham are a very strong team. <laughs> they really are, yeah. I'm really enjoying West Ham at the moment. I'm really enjoying all the adulation that David Moyes is getting. Um, it's almost like people forgot what he was able to achieve at Everton uh, with time and support. And he's probably not had a huge amount of support from the West Ham hierarchy. But what he's engineered there is really something quite special and very entertaining too. And I'm really looking forward to this game on Sunday. Um, I don't necessarily have a strong view on a bet to have per se, but I just look at this match and the market's saying the goal expectancy is around 3.25 goals. And it's hard to disagree with that. 
because the Premier League is running at 2.82 goals per game. But Liverpool topped the charts with 3.7 goals per game. West Ham amongst the leading lights with 3.1. Collectively, Overs has landed in 15 of their 20 Premier League games. Over three and a half has landed in nine of those 20 games, which is you know, a 45% hit rate. If you look at XG in terms of total XG per game, Liverpool are first, West Ham are second, both topping the 3.0 mark. If you look at shots in the box, both are topping both metrics as well. Last season's meetings were 3-1 and 2-1 in Liverpool's favour. The season before, there was a 3-2. So, you know, I'm looking forward to this game in terms of just looking towards a goal-heavy game. Um, obviously, the market is already very much heading towards goals. But, uh, you know, at the moment, it's hard to sort of oppose Liverpool scoring at least twice. Uh, they're doing it so regularly, so often. I think nine of their 10 Premier League games have seen them score at least twice. Um, so, yeah, it's a difficult game for West Ham. I think it's going to be a great barometer of where they really are at at the moment. Um, but uh, I think from um, a pro West Ham angle, you can look towards what Atleti did in Madrid, look to what Brighton did, uh, look towards what Brentford achieved as well. They can be rattled defensively. I know Klopp has made a couple of changes uh, between matches recently. Uh, interesting to see what he goes with here at the London Stadium. Um, I'd still probably be with Liverpool. I still don't think they're the worst price in the world. But ultimately, if you look at the underlying metrics, which we've talked about, there is probably value in West Ham. So I was kind of just torn between the two. Don't really want to oppose Liverpool right now in their current goal-scoring form. Uh, I believe West Ham have got an opportunity, but obviously Thursday night is a bit of a distraction and they have been taking the competition relatively seriously so far. So just back goals if you want to be interested in, in something um, BTTS and over two and a half goals was just hovering just below 1.8 which I think is fair enough the, the alternative if you are pro Liverpool you can get evens on Liverpool to win and over one and a half goals uh, if Liverpool do win this game it's not going to be one nil and if you do go for one of those multiples, worth bearing in mind, our fantastic multiples offer is running every day. Bet £20 on multiples or bet builders and receive a £5 free bet to use on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's apply. Leeds United picked up a much needed win at hapless Norwich. They face inconsistent Leicester City. Stinch, you know, this is a game that's caught your eye. Yeah, originally I kind of left it alone because I thought the goal line was actually a bit high, but I kind of reconsidered being the fact that we can take advantage of the the two point seven five line on the exchange. So over overs is eight to thirteen, over two point five is eight to thirteen on the sports book. But if we go for over two point seven five on the exchange, we're getting around about one point nine five. Mark's already mentioned the goal average in the Premier League this season is two point eight two. So, as I say, that's obviously above 2.75, but that's considering everybody. And I firmly believe these two teams are so bad defensively that they give you a chance. And to be fair, going forward, particularly Leicester, they're, they're so exciting. Uh, I obviously went for over 2.5 Leicester last week against Arsenal. don't think there's anybody that was backing under 2.5 after 20 minutes with the score at 2-0. Yeah, so. It should have been. I mean, had Ramsdale not made several fantastic saves, it would have been overs, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's probably my fault for giving him a bit of grief. So I'll probably now declare that Ramsdale is a future England number one. And, Absolutely. Uh, that would get me back on side with the betting gods. Um, See, so yeah, I, 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 I mean, I've been going down it a lot this season. I, I just think, wow, we can get. If the line was at three, I, I would, uh, I would have, uh, I would have swerved it. But I think at two point seven five, definitely think we've got some, uh, some 
value to exploit so basically it's half my bet on over three goals and half on over 2.5 so if we get three exactly half the bet will win so the only way the bet will lose is if there's two or fewer goals and again i don't really see anybody backing under 2.75 unless they feel as though okay leads are still without bamford who, who's going to be who's going to be chipping in the goals to them but the fact is Leicester in the last 25 Premier League games they've only kept three clean sheets and as I say they look all at sea defensively they always give the opposition a, an opportunity and and uh, and I mentioned I think on Saturday podcast that Leeds are the same I mean I was on Norwich clean sheet last week sorry Leeds clean sheet against Norwich last week at above two to one so the fact that Meslier and you know and Shackleton got themselves mixed up and ended passing the ball out for a corner that gave gave the defender a free header it was very disappointing considering Norwich didn't create anything at all but that's variance for you essentially you know we keep playing we keep playing the odds and eventually if you know if we if we're back in odds that we consider value then we should come out on top um, but overall in those 25 games I mentioned 19 of Leicester's have gone over 2.5 so a nice healthy strike rate of 76% there's been 87 goals during that period so 3.48 per game and the goal expectancy here is 2.95. So again, I think there's some disparity I can get and get involved with. Um, Leicester and Leeds are both joint fifth worst defence in the league. They both conceded 17 goals in their 10 games. And it's no surprise when both are top four for shots conceded. Um, so considering the fact that the two games last season had four goals and five goals, hoping for a bit of a basketball match, to be honest. Uh, I'm not sure if Bamford's back. But I think um, with Harrison, Rodrigo, particularly Rafinha, who seems to be playing unbelievable at the moment, I think they've got enough leads there that he can get maybe at least one or two goals. And as I say, I think the beauty of getting goals on side in Leicester games is they're capable of winning 3-0 or even losing 3-0. So, yeah, I hope hoping that I can kind of redeem myself a little bit here. Should be a lot of fun. We know it's frustrating when you get frozen out of a bet. So Betfair is now offering no cash out suspensions on match odds over, under and goal markets on the sports book, even during VAR reviews or when there's a penalty. It's the Milan derby on Sunday as Milan face Inter at San Siro. Mixed fortunes in the Champions League in midweek as Milan drew with Porto and were dreadful in the first half of that game. Inter won at Sheriff. Mark, let's start with you on this one. Milan, almost flawless domestically, but in Europe, nowhere near the same team. And what struck me in the game against Porto was that some of the young players, the occasion seemed a bit big for them. Yeah, um, it's hard to put your finger on it, to be honest. Um, did expect a reaction from them, uh, but when they fell behind against Porto early doors, I did wonder whether they'd sort of start, start trying to switch their focus towards the weekend, because I know the Italian press have been sort of suggesting that you know the game of the weekend against Inter is, is the bigger game of the two. Uh, winning back the Scudetto is, is the number one aim for Milan this season, considering their start and considering how the, the lay of the land is in that Champions League with Liverpool running away with things and Atletico in pole position for second place. Uh, there was probably a, a, a priority conversation to be had there, but they did battle back in that second half. But more worryingly was the, the return game in, in Portugal a fortnight ago where they were absolutely bamboozled by, by the Portuguese team. They were, they were dreadful in that game. But previously, I thought they were spirited against Liverpool despite losing deservedly. And they were really outdone against Atletico by some really dreadful refereeing decisions. So, you know, there are probably a, a couple of... Um, 
you know, reasons to be positive about Milan in, in Europe despite the results. But as you say, domestically, they've been pretty much flawless. Um, and they've done that despite missing probably half a dozen key players at, at particular times. The squad's starting to look a lot more healthy coming into this weekend, which is great. A bit of a shame that Teo Hernandez is suspended after his red card last week. But um, yeah, this is a, a great test to see how far they've come and can they sustain themselves? Because I do think they're probably a touch underrated in the markets coming into this match. Um, Inter themselves have been a bit of a shapeshifter in recent weeks under Simone Inzaghi. Uh, started the season playing some quite um, helter-skelter football. He released the shackles a little bit and they're playing very attack-minded. Recently, they've kind of reined it in a little bit and kind of gone back a bit more to the Conte mould of, of control. Um, defensively, they have improved. Uh, but yeah, it's a fantastic, fascinating test to see how far they've come too. So initially, I like the look of both teams to score, but understandably in Italy, you're not going to get any decent prices around goals. So... Um, um, you look towards the referee because it's a Milan derby. Uh, unfortunately, it's Daniele Deveri, who by Serie A standards is probably just below par. But even still, this is the Milan derby. It does tend to boil up a little bit. So you look towards player cards. Uh, I know Stinch likes to do some doubles at times. Uh, the players who stand out would probably be Calabria from Milan um, and also someone like Barella or Brozovic for Inter, but you probably want to check the, the team news before getting involved there. But yeah, it's probably one that I just want to sit back and enjoy really. And I'll probably have a couple of doubles on, on those players when I, once I get the team sheets in. Um, but also at the same time, you've got the Seville derby as well. So uh, Betis against Sevilla, uh, which to me is probably the best derby in Europe. So there'll be some double screening going on on Sunday night. I know Calabria went off at half time with a knock in that game against Porto, so we'll see how he does. But he really struggled actually in that first half, especially against Luis Diaz, who has been brilliant for Porto in the Champions League this season. Stinch Milan, the outsiders here at just over two to one. I was quite surprised by that, I have to say. Yeah, I think probably because they've overachieved a little bit this season based on sort of underlying data. I think they've got about 10 points more than they're expected to get. Although having said that, that would still put them third in the league. Yeah. So maybe they, they are due a little bit more more respect. Obviously, we know Inter just won Serie A and even with the departure of Lukaku, Simone Inzaghi seems to have kind of kept the, the Inter Express uh, chugging along, shall we say. So probably... Probably not. I probably don't have too much of opinion regarding the match odds. I think they look okay. I think I think the goal lines are uh, attempting one to be honest. So over two point five is set eight to thirteen, and there's five games in Syria that are shorter odds this weekend, and, and it kind of surprises me because in past sort of maybe four or five years ago and, and going back even further before that in these games I used to look at unders in, in the Milan derby used to back quite a lot of nil nils or under 1.5 but there's been a bit of a swing and it's probably in keeping with the sort of Syria influx of, of goals in the last six meetings between these two teams there's been 22 goals so that's over 3.5 a game and we can get over 2.75 goals at around about 1.9 on the exchange and I think that's probably that makes perfect sense because I don't, I don't expect either team to probably be able to keep a clean sheet here. So I think goals is probably a good line of attack. Mark mentioned cards. I'll throw throw one in similar to uh, ones I've mentioned in the past. Um, Ibrahimovic to score and be carded. The odds aren't available yet, but I would imagine it'd be about six, seven to one. 
booked in two of the three meetings last season and he was getting quite leery with Lukaku. Obviously, Lukaku's left now, but I think we all know Ibrahimovic could probably have a fight with himself So, or maybe the <laughs> maybe the lion on his back. So, um, yeah, I think that's definitely, uh, for me, definitely one I'll be looking into because if he scores, I don't think he'll be able to hold himself back in terms of the celebration and, you know, yeah. it could easily spill over into, into uh, getting a card if he goes into the fans or he takes his shirt off. And then at the same time on your side, you've got if he gets if he gets into an argument with any of the Inter players as he's done in the past. So yeah, I think I think there'll be goals in the game, and I think Mark's right. Uh, have a look at the the team sheets and uh, the the bet builders on on Betfair for for player cards are, are normally quite generous. So yeah, a couple of doubles or some trebles for players that are, are prolific. Maybe Ibrahimovic and Brozovic. Maybe that'd be quite a good from from one from each side yeah so card, cards uh, cards is definitely I think the way to the way to play this one I would suggest that Ibrahimovic loves himself a bit too much to have a fight with himself but there we go uh, when you're Mark, 40, years, 40 years old and scoring goals like he did last week against Roma and being so influential I think I think I'd be a bit like that if I was still doing it at that age <laughs> Are you trying to carve out a niche as the Zlatan of betting, Mark? Is that the way you're going? <laughs> that's, that's the idea. Uh, we'll have to watch out for the tattoo stench. See, see if he starts turning up with tattoos uh, on his back. Um, you've got another pick from Serie A for us, Mark. Sorry, yeah. Ibra- Sorry Ibrahimovic was booked just after his celebration last week. So he, he does do it in the bigger games. There we go, you see. Uh, Mark, uh, you have another pick from Serie A for us. Yeah, it's getting a bit boring now, just sort of backing goals blindly in Syria. But you know, I think there there are still some inefficiencies in the market which we can exploit and say every week. But the goal line in Syria or the goals per game average is is still above three, three point zero seven, which is bang in line with the past two seasons as well. Sixty five percent of games have gone over, thirty nine percent have gone over three and a half. Uh, terrific league to follow if you like your goals and if you like your your scraps as well. And I think Sampdoria against Bologna um, fits the bill for both actually. Um, Samp have actually gone overs in the last nine. Bologna in six of their last eight. It should have been seven from eight um, on Monday night against Cagliari. They were much the better team, but only scored twice and, and managed to keep Cagliari out, uh, who are rock bottom of the league. But um, yeah, combined, these two teams have seen over three and a half goals in exactly 11 of their 22 games this season. Uh, Samp's matches averaging 3.36, Bologna 3.55 goals per game. You look at the teams that they failed to score against so far this season. Bologna, it's been against Napoli and Atalanta. Sampdoria at home come against uh, Milan and Napoli. Uh, Samp always tend to score at home. 20 of the last 25 home games going back to the beginning of last season under Claudio Ranieri. They have scored in and Bologna have kept just three clean sheets in 24 away games. Uh, there is pressure on uh, Roberto De Verza at Sampdoria. Uh, after a bit of a sticky spell, but uh, he's got quite plenty of quality in forward areas. Caputo, Qualiarella still there, Candreva, Gabbiadini. Uh, there's a chance that Damsgaard might be back fit and available this weekend too. So I'm expecting a front foot approach from them. And Mihailovic does tend to engage in that kind of game too with Bologna. Um, Arnautovic is starting to play himself into form up front for Bologna, playing a, a 3 4 2-1 with Barrow and Soriano behind. So they've got plenty of threat as well. I uh, expect them to score. I expect Sampdoria to score. And with that in mind, I think over two and a half goals at around about 173, 175 is the way to go. Let's wrap up with a pick from the Bundesliga. Stinch, we've been beating up on Greuther Fuert all season long. They are atrocious, but they're in action against an Eintracht Frankfurt team that has got nowhere near its potential under Oliver Glasner so far. 
Yeah, and I think this could be one of the last opportunities to get against Firth at, at a nice price. I know you mentioned um, Frankfurt's kind of disappointing results, but a lot of those have been draws. And I am fully believe that long-term, he can get a tune out of this Frankfurt team. Yeah, I, mean, he I do too. Two- two seasons at Wolfsburg, but he managed to guide them into the Europa League and then followed that with the Champions League. Um, he's already been away to Bayern and won. So I think he has got the tools, but we're, you know, we're only, what, 10 games into the season. So these things take time. And I think, again, it comes back to process over results. And if, and if he believes in the process that he's doing, will come will give uh give, give the results that he deserves then i don't think he's gonna he's gonna change that and i think i think the owners i think the owners understand that because that's why they appointed him in the first place this is more anti-firth though so you know they've only picked up one point in the bundesliga so far this season so they've lost nine of their their 10 games which includes the last eight and it's no surprise that they've conceded at least two goals in in eight of those 10 matches and given their start, there's a lot of talk amongst fans in Germany now, especially after Schalke's dismal season last year, whether Firth can actually break the record of Tasmania Berlin, who famously went 31 matches without a win. There's already huge pressure on Firth at home because they've never won a home game in the Bundesliga. That's they right. spent one previous season in the Bundesliga in 2012-13 and failed to win in that. And then this season, obviously, they haven't won a game home or away but at home it's now a record that stretches back 21 games with 16 losses so arguably they're under more pressure at home I would say in front of their fans mention Frankfurt's struggles they have failed to win nine of the last 10 but six of those were were draws and they have won two of two of three of in Europe and worth mentioning again they did win away at Bayern Munich who who are quite good um, so I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not as if they're losing lots of games. They're just failing to, com- to convert these draws. But again, with betting, everything comes down to price. Frankfurt are 10 to 11. I think that's that's far, far too big. Look at the odds this season for similar teams. So Mainz were 4-7 to seven against Furt. Wolfsburg under Van Bommel, who's obviously since been dismissed. Wolfsburg were 4-6. to six. Cologne four to nine, Freiburg two to five, and yet we can get ten to eleven on Frankfurt. And I just think this this is I say this is this could be one of the last occasions we can take advantage of a foot and get a really nice price. I think Frankfurt should probably be about eight to eleven, something like that, because of foot struggles. So Frankfurt ten to eleven, I th- I think it's as I say. Last season, I remember a lot of times we were going against Schalke, and we, but we, when we were going against Schalke, we were having to back the other team to cover a goal handicap. Yeah. Here, we just need Frankfurt to win the game. And I think as the season progresses, we're going to be starting to back opposition teams against Furt, and we're going to have to hope that they clear one goal. So to get Frankfurt just to win the game, 10 to 11, not a price you'll still get later on in the season. Yeah, completely agree. That's all we have time for on this episode of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of other shows to get your teeth into. We've got Cricket Only Better, NFL Only Better, a couple of racing shows as well. Check us out on social at Betfair Racing or at Betfair or simply visit betfair.com. From Stinch, from Mark and from me, it's goodbye for now. 